You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. Joining you here on this Tuesday, February 22nd, 2222. It's a big day for some, big day for you maybe. Uh, maybe you're into the, the stars are aligning sort of, sort of thing or whatnot, but we are here to talk about the Philly sports landscape, everything going on, and even in the sports world. Uh, we got the All-Star game that just passed this, uh, just went by this past weekend. Embiid could have won the MVP, but Steph Curry just went absolutely bonkers and was hitting threes from the parking lot, turning around. Like, it was an absolute spectacle. The dunk contest was atrocious. Uh, I tried to watch it and just stopped paying attention in the middle of it. Three-point contest is always cool to watch or at least way more entertaining in my mind than watching the dunk contest and there's bigger names in the three-point contest and there's just more to I guess get behind or you know it's just more fun and I'm a three-point shooter you know in my in my illustrious basketball career as well so I guess I identify with the guys who can shoot threes as opposed to the guys who can touch the top of the backboard but that's a that's no small feat in itself three-point contest the skills challenge was weird a lot of the all-star game stuff is not the same as it used to be when uh, we were younger or just even 10, 10 years ago. It, it's I feel like an old man watching this stuff now because it just has no... Uh, I have no level of interest watching it. Uh, I, I, like I said, the three-point contest is it. I mean, you get guys like Trey Young out there, Cat, you know, I mean, Van Vliet, you know, just bigger names, guys who are actually in the All-Star game. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody who's out there who's an absolute sniper, but, you know, it wound up being Luke Kennard, Cat and, and Trey Young at the end, and Cat's the first one. Carl Anthony Towns wins the three-point contest with a 29 in the last round. Uh, he's the first center to actually win it, so that 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 was cool. Uh, yeah, and like I said, the skills challenge, the the the, um, the rising stars game, there's all that stuff. Just uh, doesn't do nothing for me these days. Even the All Star game, I, I didn't really watch much of it. I t- turned it on towards the end just to see the, you know, the, them going back and forth, and it actually start to mean something to some of the guys, but. Other than that, it, it was uh, you know it was a real slow All Star weekend, and and the game itself was good just to watch Steph Curry hit parking lot threes and just to show off a little bit. And Bead looked good hitting threes and just you know it's just an All Star game though, so it's not it, it is what it is. They don't really play defense. They start to get a little more intense towards the end of the game. They break it up into quarters for charity and stuff like that to try and keep people involved, I guess, and whatnot. But I don't know. It just you know. They're trying everything they can. There's new rules that seemingly every year, and they just try to mix it up to get people more engaged and and whatnot. And it just it doesn't do it. it. Doesn't do it for me. I don't know if it does it for you out there. You can feel free to tell me I'm wrong and whatnot. But let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the Sixers. Let's go back a week ago and just talk about you know there was two games last week. They got absolutely worked over by the Celtics. In a game that, you know, James Harden comes out, rings the bell. It's a big deal. It's the first time Harden's on the bench watching the boys. And uh, from the from the, uh, out, from the the out jump, the Sixers really had no chance. They were down like 12-2 to begin the game. 
and it only went downhill from there. They get beat by 10 in the first quarter, 17 in the second quarter, you know, and it was just uh, almost nearly 50-point loss. They lost by 48 points, one of the largest losses, I think, in the rivalry ever. So, uh, you know, one of the, just one of those games, you just didn't, they didn't have it. They did, they did not come to play. They just, you know, that's just all you can say. I mean, MB did not play well. No one really played well on the Sixers. Uh, it just one of those games and everyone on their, on their team, you know, I mean, Tatum 28, Jalen Brown 29. That's, you know, and when Embiid's scoring under 20, you're not going to win a game, especially when we don't have Harden, you're just not going to win when you got that going on. But then we, you know, we were able to, or we had the opportunity to redeem ourselves and we did on that Thursday night going to Milwaukee against the Bucks, which was, you know, chalked up by, I'm sure, a lot of people before the game as, a, as an L, just given the fact that we're undermanned and, you know, we're playing against the best. This is the best team in the Eastern Conference. This is going to be our uh, competition. And, you know, the Sixers came out and they play, I mean, Embiid had a, a phenomenal 42-14-5 game, you know, shooting 66% from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, which it always is just a game changer when he's able to do that. Maxi had 19, Tobias had 19, Niang had 18, 5 for 10 from 3. That's that's going to be huge. Korkmaz, 3 of 4 from 3. Seven boards for Korkmaz, which is just, that's just bizarre when, when you look at it, just scrolling through here. But everyone kind of uh, laid a hand here in helping get this victory. And uh, like I've said a million times on here, just Embiid needs a little bit of help. A little bit of help, especially when he's scoring 42 points. So... Sixers get that huge W going into the All-Star break, something that you probably didn't expect going into the game, and it was a pleasant surprise. I mean, Giannis was awesome, too. Uh, let me just click over to their their stats real quick. Giannis had 32-11-9. Drew, Drew Holiday had 24. You know, Middleton, 19. He had a bad game, 6-20, 2 of 12 from 3. So, you know, you didn't – we – we got a great game from our guy. They got a great game from their guy, and we got help from our guys. And the, you know, they just needed a little bit more from Middleton. And you know, we turned the ball. We had we tried to do our best to give that game away at the end. But as some great sports philosophers have said in the past, a win is a win. We got help from our supporting cast. Uh, the Bucks needed more from theirs, and, and it's just, just as simple as that. So now, the Sixers without Harden era is over. The next time we will see the Sixers, James Harden will be on the floor, and he will be playing as the number, wearing the number one for the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday night against the Timberwolves in Minnesota. Well, I I can't begin to express to you how excited I am, how how much I am anticipating this. I mean, especially a Friday night game where end of the week it, it'll be time to cut loose, get ready to go cheer our boys on, and, and just. Get just get excited for this stretch run, All Star break over. There's not nothing holding us back now from February until until it be you know the middle of uh, April May. You know hopefully we're we're playing deep into June. So that that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I want, and that that's what I just can't wait to see what it looks like out there. How Harden meshes with Joel Embiid. How he is able to play with Tyrese Maxey. I mean he's been Maxey's biggest fan and supporter since he's got here. He's been the model teammate in the in the week that he's been here. I know it's very early on. Everyone's a model teammate when they first show up, but it, it's been all good so far. And it seems like he wants to be here, and he's motivated. And you know, he's this is the, the like I think plenty of people have said, but it, it's just there's really there's really no option or, or or 
second option for him at this point or another, you know, the, he can't do this again. He can't leave this team at the end of the season or, you know, cause a scene or, or wear a fat suit and just dip out of here. I mean, this is the perfect gift wrap situation for a James Harden, who, if he really wants to cement his legacy and, and you know, make sure that people respect his, uh, his accomplishments at when he, when it's all said and done, he needs a championship because he has all the, uh, individual accolades and stats and, you know, he's widely regarded as one of the best uh, ISO ball scorers of all time. You know, like, there's plenty of things people could say great about James Harden. But the one thing right now is that he's kind of uh, folded in the playoffs and that he has not been able to carry a team or, you know, in Houston, it, it was a lot of it was on him. And, you know, Chris Paul got hurt and it would just he had that bad game seven against the Warriors and there was a lot of pressure on him there. And I'm sure there's a lot of pressure on him here now, but he has a, some of the biggest help on the court that he's ever had. And, and I mean that figuratively and literally. He has a Joel Embiid who is easily probably, the, uh, you know, besides a, a Kevin Durant in the beginning and, and this past season, I mean, this is the best player he's ever played with. And, and that, and I mean that. So, and especially, especially it's by far the, the best big he's ever played with. And that pick and roll is going to be something to marvel at and be absolutely terrified of the the rolling of Embiid to the bucket in the same way Clint Capella used to roll to the bucket and just get easy uh, handoff dunks and just the easiest points in the world when when now it's kind of throw the ball down the post to Embiid and there might be a double team coming or he has to figure out a way to score with his back to the bucket and that's a fadeaway or that's this or that and post turnaround uh work his way all the way down dunk you know it's just uh, and then there's all, all these people collapsing on him at all times it's just a lot of pressure on one player similar to the way James Harden had a lot of pressure on one player in Houston and the reason he wanted to go to a place like Brooklyn or you know he said whatever he says he wanted to go to Philly and in the, in the beginning either way it, you couldn't go wrong by going to either place was the pressure would be off you you wouldn't it wouldn't have to be just you counted on to produce offense and to be the driving force of the offense at all times. I mean, obviously he's a point guard, shooting guard sort of guy. He's a guard. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more than uh, a lot of the other players on the floor. But it's a when you look at the way they were playing and just, you know, when you lose Kyrie half the games and, and when KD's out and now it's just James Harden out there with Patty Mills and LaMarcus Aldridge, you can understand why a guy like him is getting upset when he didn't come here for that. That this isn't a part of you know, this is not why he wanted to be here. And and, and he doesn't even like his teammates. And he's just saying, thinking, all right, you know, like f this, I'm out. So now he's here in Philly. He's here with Daryl Morey. He's here with Michael Rubin and, and Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers, who he's spoke glowingly about. It's it's just the perfect situation for him. And I just don't see you know like this is the not the necessarily the end of the road because I'm sure he could go. And people will always take a talent like a James Harden, but it, 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 now it's time. It's put up or shut up sort of uh, area and situation. Now it's time to uh, get it done. And I hope he he has the opportunity to get it done. I hope he takes it seriously, and I hope his health holds up. And I hope uh, this season continues to be the uh, surprise and the um, pleasant surprise, I guess I should say, because due to the black cloud and the the way last season ended, and how we thought that this was going to kind of kind of be a throwaway season, where we're gonna have to wait to the off season to trade Simmons and 
just you know we're gonna have to just get through this one and we're gonna waste a year of Embiid's prime um, by not being able to trade a, a Simmons and not being able to do anything, not not gonna be able to compete for a championship and whatnot. And I know a lot of people are getting worried. Goran Dragic just went to the Nets, and, and there's a lot of movement going around a, a lot of different areas. I, I don't, I wouldn't worry about that all that much. I think there's gonna be a guy that's going to come along. We're going to pick someone up, maybe a Derek Favors, maybe somebody along those lines, uh, you know, maybe a Gary Harris. So somebody is going to come to the Philadelphia 76ers to help us out coming off the bench. And we need one or two guys, you know, that, that, and I, I've spoken about it on here, just a, a center and a shooter. Uh, we need a shooter, not necessarily even a ball handler. I mean, that wouldn't hurt. Goran Dragic would not have hurt, but... He's not exactly the same player he was a couple years ago. So we shall see. We have a game against the Timberwolves on Friday night. We have the Knicks on Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock in, in New York, which will be awesome. And then we have a home game against the Knicks on Wednesday night. That will be his first home game in the Wells Fargo Center. And then we're creeping up on that Nets game on that Thursday night, which will be quite the spectacle and just the event to watch. Uh, ben Simmons maybe will be making his first uh, appearance back in Philadelphia, and we don't know when he's going to play or if he's got to ramp it up or, you know, Ramona Shelburne, go to her if you want the uh, updates from the, the, the clutch mouthpiece. But we'll keep it moving. Uh, NFL, I guess I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. This is not going to be too long of an episode due to the fact that there's just not a lot going on. You know, there's really not not going to sit here and, and lie to you people. There, It's just that slow part of the year especially since we don't even have a spring training to talk about or any sort of baseball to get excited about. They're just going back and forth with collective bargaining and, and arguing over whether they should keep minor league jobs or not and, and things of that nature. It, it's not, not a fun thing to talk about or discuss. And for the baseball fans out there, they just want to see, they just want to see the guys, pay, you know, dudes in shorts throwing balls around down in uh, Clearwater. That's, that's all we care about. That's all we're waiting for. And, the, they've already delayed the season until at least March 5th, which is, uh, you know, the, the start of spring training, I should say. So, and I assume there's just only going to be continued pushbacks and, and dates moved and all this and that. That's not, it's not a great, it's not a great sign for, for the season starting on time and get us getting a whole 162 in, but it's going to take some time. I'm just hoping one day that we get surprised with a news update or something along those lines that tells us, Hey, the season is back on. We have agreed to something, and then the whirlwind of free agency will begin to uh, go. There will be players uh, going from team to team to team. There's so many free agents, the Freddie Freemans and the Castellanos, Kyle Schwarber. There's so many guys out there that still need a team, and I, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting a ton of them, but those are just the first three in my mind because I wanted the Phillies to get any of those three, even though... I doubt Freddie Freeman will come here, but why not? You know, hey, let's. I would love to take a guy from the Braves, but let's keep it moving because, uh, like I said, there's not much there, and there's not even much there for the Eagles because the Eagles. Uh, it's just more conversation about Jalen Hurts, and what you know. Do you believe in him? Do you want to run it back for another season? Uh, to me, it's kind of getting old at this point. Just the conversation over and over again on on the sports radio stations and. I even see it on Twitter a lot, just the people just kind of, I don't know, are arguing for no reason, argue just to argue. I guess it's that time of year. There's not much going on 
uh, we will read a mock draft at some point. But uh, you know, I, I I'll just reiterate my stance on this. I'm not a believer in Jalen Hurts. I'm not against keeping him this year. Uh, I want I I obviously know they're going to uh, play the field, see what's out there, see what they can get, see if they can acquire a a better quarterback for a, a price that's reasonable. Now I saw today on a PFF uh, article that the Eagles would be trading a first this year, a first next year, and then a third uh, for Russell Wilson, which I've told you on here I would do in a second. I would trade, I would do any trade that involved us trading a first and a first next year. That's perfect for me. I would love to keep two of these first round picks. We would be, we would be ready to roll at that point. And I just I don't see a reason why we couldn't necessarily compete for the NFC you know and a lot could be changing here you got you got Aaron Rodgers his uh, future's in limbo we've talked about all this you know no Tom Brady in, in Tampa Bay anymore you got D- Dallas is still you know going to be a problem or you're going to have to compete against them but Dallas is still Dallas they still will melt down and they can still be beat at any given time Zeke's getting old Dak is, isn't exactly a uh, you know a guy I I Wake up in cold sweats thinking about when uh, we're, we're, we're it's on Dallas week. I'm not exactly too worried about that. I would like, really like to improve the defense. Uh, you know, I've talked about on here, Nakobe Dean, Sauce, Sauce Gardner, uh, any any guy from Georgia, essentially. And just even getting an offensive lineman, that's another thing that I would like to do as well. But we're going to do a Daniel Jeremiah mock today. Uh, we are going to, and I guess, like I just said, I just want to reiterate, I Jalen Hurts, to me, is a fine quarterback. He is always going to be a, a, a average, and I think he could maybe one day become above average, but I just think he is what he is at this point. I don't see his arm or his uh, his pocket presence or anything like that getting much better than it already is. He is just that this is just the quarterback that he is. He is a he's an athlete. He has a uh, a good arm, not a great arm. Uh, 90, I wouldn't even say it's a good arm. It's kind of just an average, average arm. Uh, it's just he does he doesn't have any uh, skills truly that wow me or make me say, "Damn, I want to build my team around this guy." To me, right now, he should show me, especially this last season. He's a placeholder. He will he will not sink the ship, but he won't exactly steer the ship in the right direction. He and he's not going to carry you out of any hole he's not going to lead this great comeback uh, I don't trust him to lead a minute drive to win the Super Bowl or take you down the field and, and make all the plays necessary I, I just I just don't trust him and maybe that's why you people out there want me to or want people like me that think like me to give him another year see what's you know see what's going to go on take all three of these first round picks build around him and then next year you could go and maybe fi- find another quarterback or, or see what's out there. Maybe draft another quarterback, trade up for a uh, a quarterback, and and yada yada yada. But I I just think if you're delaying the inevitable because I just don't believe he is the guy. He will be the guy, and I I do think you need to start. I mean, and they obviously have. You just need to start looking for the replacement. Or for your heir apparent, or you need to figure out what you're going to do in the future, because it just it just not this isn't it. You you don't want to uh, hold your team back or or handicap or restrict your team 
by having a quarterback who can barely move the ball down the field via via the air and is restricted in how many you know like he's not beating these teams with his arm it's just not happening and at some point you just want I just want my quarterback to be able to do that and even Carson Wentz would do that at some point and it's just you don't see that from Jalen Hurts he's a good leader he, he's a guy that guys rally behind, and, and he's a much better uh, teammate, it sounds like, than Carson Wentz ever was. But I, I just, this isn't a guy I want to hitch my wagon to long term and start start to actually, you know, like, I just think if there's better options out there, that's Jalen Hurts is not a guy that I'm going, it's going to stop me from exploring the field or getting someone else that I can actually uh, hitch my wagon to trust, believe in, and actually build an offense around a quarterback like him. It's going to be one of those, like, we're going to have to have one of those running uh, option sort of Lamar Jackson uh, running offenses. We're going to have to be a run-heavy, run-first offense if Jalen Hurts is going to be our quarterback. That's just how it's going to be. It's, it doesn't matter what receivers we get, what whatever we get, th- this is how it's going to have to be. And... Is that really what you want to do? Is this really the kind of offense and team you want to have? And do you really think that this could be successful in the future? Do you really think you can compete with the highest level of teams in the NFC by by running that kind of offense? And by, you know, like we didn't beat anyone this year. What is the most notable win we had? The Broncos? You know, and we kind of just blitzed on them and just kind of, you know, ran, ran up the score on them. It was just kind of like that was our one of our best games of the season. Other than that, we were beating, te- you know, teams like the Lions, teams like the Giants, teams like the Panthers. It's just, and that was probably one of his best performances at the end of the game was that Panthers game. And we kind of needed a blocked punt and there was a lot of things that needed to go our way. So it's just... I just would like I would like us to look in a different direction, try to find another option, and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Like I said, I'm okay with if you go to Seattle and he doesn't want to come. That's fine. All right, you try to go get Deshaun Watson, and he is like, hey, you know, or the 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 Texans are saying uh, we want five first round, you know, whatever the ridiculous price is, and we're not willing to pay that. That's fine. I can live with that. Okay, let's run it back with him. We'll do it one more year. But we need to start. You you need to start looking in different directions now. I don't know if I would settle for a Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that, or I just don't think that's the option either. Or that's that's the answer. That's basically just trading for a Sam Bradford type. But I mean, maybe if the price was right, then I, I would be willing to do it. But I I, I don't think so because I, I just think Jalen. It needs to be a um major upgrade over Jalen Hurts if you're going to trade for someone else. That that's the that's the only way I'm making a move for a quarterback, and I don't even include Aaron Rodgers in that. I just don't think he's going to come here. I think Russell Wilson is the only one. And now we're like I saw a Vegas odds where we were like 18th or 15th, something like ridiculously a long shot to land him, or he doesn't want to come here, or whatever that's based on, which is not good. I don't like to hear that. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson, that that will continue to rage on because there is no been no uh, litigation or any sort of answer to any of the questions that are still up in the air, or it has not been resolved in any way, shape, or form. So, 
you're just not getting anything there. But let's uh, keep it moving. We will do a mock draft, and then we will do the PFF uh, mock draft simulator that we always like to do on here. Now, we have obviously, I have personally been a fan of the Mr. Mr. London, Mr. Drake London, but uh, after last week and talking to my guy, the Dean, go back and listen to that episode. We had some good draft talk, some good NBA talk, some good everything talk. We, he kind of convinced me just, you know, like I, I just don't want anything to do with a Pac-12 wide receiver now. I, I don't think that that's going to stop me necessarily, but it's something to definitely consider just the the, the us drafted. And he was right. He made a point saying how, how these big wide receivers, they're either awesome or they stink. They are stiffs. And we have one. We have a stiff. And his name is J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And... That, is that something you want to do again, waste one of your picks on another stiff wide receiver? And I told you on here I don't really want to pick a wide receiver. I'd much, much, much rather just sign one or, or try and get one of those in that uh, you know in the free agent market or maybe even a, a trade for a Calvin Ridley or something like that. Much rather use that pick on trading for him as opposed to you know drafting a Drake London or you know and, and even. He like he made a good point. Just drafting another one of those wide receivers, Jamison Williams, would be an awesome pick. That that's just something that I would love to see. Now in this mock draft, they have the the Giants picking Drake London seventh overall. So uh, you know maybe that saves us Thibodeau going eight. Uh, we got Hutchinson two, Neal one, Hamilton three. So let me just scroll down to the Eagles and see what the deal is here. Ojabo from uh, Michigan. He's an edge rusher. Uh, shades of Brandon Graham here with the edge rusher from Michigan. But uh, we definitely do need an edge rusher. Would not be mad about this. This is Daniel Jeremiah's 2.0 mock, by the way. That's the 15th pick. Devontae Wyatt, a defensive tackle from Georgia. Now, I told you that that that's I'll, anyone from Georgia I will not say no to or would not turn down. Chris Olav going 17 to the Chargers. Now, that is somebody that I would not mind the uh, Eagles picking. Kenny Pickett going 18 to the New Orleans Saints. That's interesting as well. And they do have the Eagles picking a wide receiver here, Garrett Wilson. So that would be, I'm all in for that. Garrett Wilson going 19 to the Eagles. So they go Wilson and two defensive linemen. Hey, man, I truly don't think you could go wrong with any of these uh, picks. And I, I just, uh, I, I mean, I guess, I, you, of course you could. I, I, I don't want to just say that and, oh, yeah, you know, like, you can't go wrong. What the hell, man? It'll be all right. No, you definitely can, you definitely can fuck these up. But it, it's, um, I, you know, especially if you're going to pick the, I think at least two defensive guys need to be picked. And I don't, I want a linebacker. All right, I've wanted the linebacker for over five years now. I, I just see our linebacking core as a, like a garbage. It's been garbage for many, many a year, and we continue to run guys like Alex Singleton. And, and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to defame or or talk smack on anyone else. But you know, you just think of some of the names that have been out there playing serious uh consequential minutes for our birds and it's not it's not good it's not good it's not something that you uh, want to write home about or be proud about so here we have Thibodeau going one Neil Hamilton Stingley Jr. uh Nicobe Dean's going pretty high here nine Sauce Gardner going eight 
Garrett Wilson going 10, Ajabo going 11, Drake London going right before us. So let's see what's available here. Uh, Devin Lloyd, who I love and who I've wanted to pick on pretty much all of these, is available. And, uh, you know, he just seems like a nice, high-quality linebacker that you can uh, that you can count on for years to come. Uh, you know, I've been told I'm not a big uh, tape guy, and I'll have a couple of uh, more tapish guys come on here just to discuss the ins and outs of what these guys can do. But uh, I've been told that this guy has great tape and just has great intangibles and everything like that. And honestly, I'm picking any linebacker that I can get this high, this high or any any. That's just that's a personal thing for me. I just want to be. I want to have a linebacker. I want to be able to stop the run. I just want, you know, that's what I want, and that's what I'm going to do. So, Tyler Linderbaum from the University of Iowa, that is going to be my 16th pick. Uh, I'm going to run that back right there. And then with my last pick, I am picking Jamison Williams from the University of Alabama. He'll be coming off a torn ACL, but I trust it that he will come back and be healthy and be ready to go. So, we got Jamison Williams, Tyler Linderbaum and uh, Devin Lloyd. So those are our three guys here for this week's mock draft. Uh, I hope you guys all love the mock draft as much as I do. I I, I just, this is a, a fun time of year for Eagles fans just to kind of sit and hope and think. And now we're not even doing just one player, one and done like we were last year, talking about how happy we would be if we got a Devontae Smith. Now we have three cracks at getting some, elite talent you know because you can get some elite elite talent in that first round and we're 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 projecting to get you know i mean and we have there's so many possibilities and and scenarios and situations that could play themselves out here come draft time and and i'm just very i'm very very excited about it and i'm looking forward to it and we got about two months little you know little little under little under two months now until the i think it's actually right around two months until the nfl draft so we got that to look forward to. NHL. Not much there, huh? Yeah, uh, I just watched the Flyers last night, and they, they, they blew it overtime. Uh, they didn't blow it. I mean, they came back, scored a, you know, scored a goal pretty late in the uh, third period to send it to overtime. And then uh, they go to overtime, and they let up a goal at the very end of overtime with, uh, I believe, like 50 to 40 seconds left. Uh, and just, yeah, you know, it's like the first Flyers game I've watched in completion from beginning to end in a, in a little bit. I feel like it's necessary to do my homework here for the, for the Hot Take Hotbox and for all my faithful listeners out there. As always, subscribe, everything, comment, leave, leave a review. All of it means a lot to me. I see it all. So it's, it's very, um, it's uplifting. And, and even when you see me out in the street, you tell me how great, you know, you like it or, you think it sucks? It, that that is always good as well. I love it all. Seriously, any feedback I can get, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, we'll be having some guests on and all that, but you guys all know that. You know that. But um, yeah, the 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 Flyers have a lot of guys out there that you've never heard of, and then I've never heard of. You know, the Nick Sealers of the world, the Jerry Mayhews, the Daniel Ratcliffe, or now Nick Rack, whatever his name, and not not the guy from uh, Harry Potter, but his brother. He's out there. And it's just, you know, none of the guys that we had or agreed to have before the season are there. No Ryan Ellis, no Sean Couturier, no Kevin Hayes. You know, you got Giroux out there skating around with a bunch of guys. 
You still got Scott Lawton and uh, Konechny and Provorov still getting it done out there. You know, even Carter Hart wasn't playing yesterday. So it's just, it, it, they're a really, really bad team. And I hope they clean house uh, come the, the deadline in a month. Uh, it's towards the end of uh, March we were talking about last week. You know, Justin Braun, may, maybe Giroux, maybe the end of his uh, tour of duty here. Uh, I'm sure anyone that has any sort of value that they can get something for, they will they will try and get something for them. So, uh, you know, I, I just hope that they're able to get it done and, and just move on, and maybe we could set ourselves up for next year or, or get, get a you know stockpile uh, uh, maybe some picks or I don't even know what we could get or we just need to get something for these guys and we continue to stink. And maybe we can get Shane Wright or one of the uh, a, a high pick, and maybe we can get something that will actually get Flyers fans excited and get people like me back in and want to watch this team on a regular basis. Because I try, I really do. Uh, I watch them whenever I can, just because there's nothing else to do and there's nothing else on. And then it's like, oh my god, why did they do this? And that's I like I fell asleep in the, in the middle of the third period and like woke up like with five minutes left. I was like, oh shit, what the hell happened? You know. And then, there was a fight yesterday. That was fun. But other than that, it is just it is a sad, sad shell of what Flyers hockey used to be about and what the this organization and what this franchise used to represent. And it used to be a proud, proud franchise that you, you were proud to be a Flyers fan and you would never think that your team would be a bottom-dwelling uh, scum bucket. But that's what we are now. And that's what this team has become under the leadership of all these different guys. And that's that. So hopefully in the future, we can move on and we can get better. But right now, uh, it's just, I don't see it happening. And I don't see when I'm going to talk about these guys again. So that will do it today for the Hot Take Hot Box. Uh, Enjoy Harden's home uh, or not his home but his uh first appearance as a philadelphia 76er on friday night it'll be a spectacle to watch hopefully we get some baseball news we'll have more mock drafts next week and uh, we will have a guest on next week uh, to do this hot take hot box the hthb sports podcast which uh is my favorite you know i love the mma podcast but this is my baby right here i will always have it near and dear to my heart so As always, thank you for joining me. This is the Hot Take Hotbox.